0: What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be rocking with you. It is a Sunday night here and I cannot wait to be talking some Big Ten football. Relive all of the events that occurred yesterday. This is the Big Ten Football Focus podcast. Excited to to go over everything that we saw. Another great week of Big Ten action and a lot of things happened. I mean, we've got to unpack it. This is uh, this is like getting into a multi-layered cake, where we've got to go layer by layer and and really digest, really savor, and understand what happened in the Big Ten. Now, you might think to yourself, well hey Tyler there wasn't it wasn't like the whole Big Ten was playing there was just five games and that is true but those five games brought us a lot of drama a lot of impact we'll be going over all of the the day's events we want to touch on Illinois Ohio State and the Michigan Michigan State game uh, we do have uh, a couple of user questions or you know you guys out there that have, have submitted questions here uh, and we'll be going over those and then a brief look into our betting podcast uh, and uh, you know obviously we. We always go over where we were right, where we were wrong. We love to do that. We like to talk about it. What, why, what went wrong? What did we see differently? What did, how did they prove us wrong? And then what did we get right? We always like to do that, and then we'll be sending you guys off, getting ready for that uh, podcast, that betting podcast on uh, Thursday mornings is when it gets released. So let's start off with. I, I want to start off. We're gonna go positive. We're going to start off with a positive note here. We like being positive on the Big Ten uh, football-focused podcast, so let's start off with the Illinois Fighting Illini. You guys are probably absolutely sick of this, but I love it, and you guys love it too. Thank you for subscribing and hitting that download button as, as you guys have been listening. But look, I don't think you guys can really comprehend what the Fighting Illini are doing right now and what Brett Bielema has done and what... Everyone on that coaching staff has done. I think it is truly amazing and, and, and maybe I'm, I'm being a little bit uh, a little bit more you know over the top here. But what he has done, what Brett Bielema has done, he's given up control to the offense, he's given up control to the defense. Great young coordinators. We're talking young guys, they're not these old heads, they're not stuck in their ways, young guys and have truly transformed this program in two years. Do you guys realize, and I and, and, and I want to look back at this sample size here. I want to. We're going to take a big enough sample size to maybe um, maybe convince you guys. But when you look back, okay. And I've been following the the Big Ten the majority of my life. I've told you, my father is an absolute diehard Michigan fan. Uh, I've had friends that have gone on to Big Ten schools. Love the Big Ten. Followed it. I love it. I think it's more interesting the, than the SEC. Hence, why I'm doing this podcast. I love the Big Ten Conference. But you look in the last ten years, okay, and then we'll go even a little bit before before the last ten years in in my lifetime. What I remember from from the Fighting Illini. But if you just look at the last ten years, they have gone to a bowl game in 2019. Posted a score, school school uh, a record of six and seven. You look in 2014, posted a record of six and seven. And then prior to that, which is 11 years ago, was the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl, where they played UCLA. And then 2010, they played Baylor in the Texas Bowl. And from what I remember, what I remember way back in the day, and the only reason why I remember this is because I had it on my PlayStation 2, and I played as a Fighting Illini, was when they went to the Rose Bowl and got absolutely boat raced in 2007. Absolutely destroyed and it was a score of 17 to 49. That's the last five bowl games that they have been to. You look at the last five years 2 and 10, 4 and 8, 6 and 7, 5 and 7, 3 and 9, 2 and 10, 4 and 8, 6 and 7, 2 and 6, 5 and 7. I mean, this is a boat. If you guys remember that boat that was in the Suez Canal, I know that 2020 2021 honestly feels like an eternity ago. It wasn't just, you know, last, you know, four, 24 months ago, right? Uh, about what we're talking and the people were just digging out digging digging trying to get this this boat had turned sideways in the suez canal and the suez canal is one of the most traveled shipping lanes in in you know in the history and they have these like little rinky dink uh you know excavators and stuff trying to dig it out that's honestly what i saw with brett bielema it felt like i when i saw him going there after a Lackluster performances at Arkansas, especially where Sam Pittman's got him kind of going, and uh, now uh, and at Wisconsin, I'm like, is he washed? Is he too old? Is can he really take on the Fighting Illini? You know, does he really want to go four and eight every single year? And it honestly looked like he was this little rinky dink excavator. And I'm like, is he going to pull this boat? Is he really going to be able to dig enough to get this boat pointed in the right direction so they can have a winning season? I don't care. A bull win is probably the farthest thing from my mind when I thought of the Fighting Illini. It was just that they needed to uh, to get a, w- a winning season. Okay, they went six and seven, six and seven. This is the first year. I mean, barring anything absolutely crazy, barring anything crazy, they will have a winning season this year, right? They're seven and one right now, playing phenomenal football. And then you look at somebody like Tommy DeVito. He goes twenty for twenty-two. Yesterday, they are absolutely dominating through that 179. Uh, two touchdowns. They have Chase Brown 149 uh, yards on the ground, absolutely amazing. Uh, they I, I do like Chase Brown, I love Josh McCray. I think this team is great, people need to pay attention to them because he's getting them in the right direction again. What, what Brett Bielema has done is nearly poetic to be able to get him pointed in that dire- that direction. Now, we've seen this before. There is precedent for this. So if you go, well, what would that precedent be? It would be Indiana, the the Hoosiers, just uh, you know, just the next door neighbors, you know. Uh, Tom Allen in uh, in year, I mean, in 2019 went eight and five. Next year went six and two. Uh, made a lot of noise in the Big Ten in 2020, and then falls to two and ten. So there might be a precedent. We'll see what happens with the Fighting Illini. I think that uh, Brett Bielema is doing it. The, the way that I would do it if I were to, to coach. I love that he has these young offensive and defensive coordinator. I love to see him, uh, this team kind of stick together to see if they could build upon this. But right now we're not going to be looking to the future, making predictions there. Illinois is playing great. They went to Lincoln when 26 to nine, uh, they've got Michigan state, Purdue, Michigan and Northwestern up Uh you know they've practically sealed that that side of the conference. They will need a win against Purdue uh, to really seal it. They got to obviously pick up a win against Michigan State this week, and we'll get into that on the Thursday podcast. But again, little rinky ding excavator didn't think it was going to do it. Could get that ship pointed in the right direction. It's flowing. Go look it up if you don't remember what that ship was. It was crazy. We'll be posting a picture of it on our Twitter account. Be sure to follow follow us at Big Ten Pod. So I am just. Thoroughly impressed, played a wonderful game of football. You need to watch the Fighting Illini. If you haven't, please watch them. The next game I wanted to touch on uh, before we get into the to right and wrong uh, is going to be the Ohio State-Penn State game. Now, for three quarters, Ohio State seemed like they seemingly slept walk through the entire game. Uh, they it, it felt like they were kind of stuck in neutral, the defense was carrying the offense more so, forcing turnovers, and all of a sudden, they flipped a switch, and all of a sudden, you know, you look up, and it's, you know, 44 to 24, and let me tell you, we'll, we'll get into this in the bad bets, but that was terrible that they let them score, we're not going to get into that. But you look up, and Ohio State has just all of a sudden pushed away. It's like you know when uh, when you're playing your little brother in Madden. You're, you know, you're just kind of letting him, you know, you kind of string him along. You want it to be a good game. Maybe taking a couple of shots, running four verts, right? You know, you're just kind of playing. All of a sudden, it's like fourth quarter. He's talking trash like, okay, come on. I got to kind of throw it down here. That's the best. That's the best thing I could think of it is just, okay, we're really going to turn up here. And that's exactly what Ohio State did. Now, I will say this. They seem like they were bored. It didn't seem, they went into it, uh, and then when it was time to go, it was time to go. They did it. I, But it does give me a little bit of pause to say that Ohio State is, a lot of people have them at number two. I think Michigan is playing better football right now. Just based solely on the fact that Ohio State, I don't think they've been tested. You might say that about Michigan as well. Uh, but I just feel like they were kind of sleepwalking. they you know they're able to kind of piece it together, but it, it didn't help that. you know Penn State had an insane amount of turnovers in order for that for that game to happen. I mean they had a pick six. I mean just crazy, crazy things that you needed all of the help that you can get. four turnovers for Penn State. Now, if all of those points, you know, you, you, you total up the points or whatever, you're like, well, you can, if you're a Penn State fan, you can talk yourself into feeling good about that game. But I don't know in, in a game, if you're looking to the future and you're an Ohio State fan, if you're going to force four turnovers against Michigan, you might get one, maybe two, but most likely we'll just say one. And if you were to beat Michigan and you were to get to the playoffs, are you, do you think that you can force four turnovers against Tennessee? I don't think so. Or Georgia? Not a chance. Alabama? No. TCU? Probably not. I mean, you start to look around at the contemporaries. Can they really do it? And it it kind of makes me wonder, I guess, about where this team kind of falls. Now, maybe this is a one-off situation, right? This was only their second road game uh, of the season. And maybe, maybe they're just bored because it did feel like C.J. Stroud. It felt like everybody, uh, the offense, Ryan Day, they were just kind of a nonchalant attitude uh, against Penn State. Maybe that's an indictment on Penn State's program of just not, you know, they, they just don't feel like they're being challenged by them. Now, their one challenge is, is, you know, Michigan, and that's the team that they have to worry about. Uh, however, I just, I just feel as though uh, – they look bored, and I think that might catch up to them. Now I think they're going to turn up against Michigan, but uh, and the remaining games they've got Northwestern and Indiana. I think they trounce both of them, but that Maryland game is very suspect right now, and I don't think you can sleepwalk through Maryland on the road as well. Uh, I think Maryland's defense and Maryland's offense are are comparable to Penn State. Uh, I'm going to be very excited to see those two take uh, take the field on November twelfth. So we'll kind of see, but. Uh, you won't be able to sleepwalk against these teams. So Ohio State, maybe that's a wake-up call they needed. Uh, You know, non-conference schedule, you know, Toledo, Arkansas State, Notre Dame, play Notre Dame. And you might say that about Michigan. They did have a pretty weak uh, schedule as well. But it seems like Michigan's just a little bit more crisp on the ball. Uh, I thought Ohio State got a lot of lucky breaks. Uh, but something to keep your eye on uh, going forward. If you're an Ohio State fan, shrug it off. You can tell me to go, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm insane. I'm delusional. I'm a son of a Michigan fan. I don't know what I'm talking about. So my words don't mean anything. Well, whatever. To, to you, my friend. Go and live your Ohio State Buckeye life. But it's just something to watch because that's what I saw. And I've got to call it how it is. You've got to call a spade a spade. You've got to be willing to, to make those calls. And that's how I see it. And uh, the next uh, thing uh, we're going to transition here. Uh, we're going to go into our our right and wrong. We'll go into you know recap of the betting preview, and then I want to touch a little bit, uh, send it off on that Michigan Michigan State game. Uh, again, a lot of user questions coming in on that, and uh, or you know listener questions, you guys the fans on that. And so I kind of want to touch on that and, and kind of my thoughts. So let's go into where we were right and then where we were wrong we'll look at our total recaps for those of you who don't know who are new to the show we do a recap uh episode on monday thursdays when we release our betting preview and we like to bet every single game even though uh you know it can be incredibly difficult and i you know if i was just a random person i wouldn't be betting every single game but for you guys i try to try to do that uh give you the my thoughts on, on the line and stuff like that so here we go where we were right we were right on the ohio state uh money line the minnesota money line and the points I want to give it to ourselves I said if Tanner Morgan plays they cover if they don't uh, then, then I would take records plus 14 so kind of a double it's kind of you know you might be saying you're trying to weasel a win but that's how I bet it. I bet it f- uh, for real on that once when I found out Tanner Morgan was going to be the guy I went in there hey plus 14 give it to me I knew that, that Minnesota was going to take care of it they're really good at taking care of bad teams so uh, Minnesota minus 14 we're right on, uh, on the Iowa uh, money line and the Illinois money line uh and then where we were wrong we were wrong Penn State plus 15 we were wrong Iowa minus 11 and we were wrong Illinois minus seven and a half uh we were right on the Michigan money line as well and we were right on uh Michigan State plus 23 so what you're probably asking yourself uh on that is we like to give out two picks we give out the spread and then we're going to say outright winner some people like to bet the spread some people just like to bet the outright winner so on the spread this week we were two and three with the only wins being Minnesota and uh Minnesota and uh, the, the Michigan game because we did say that Michigan minus uh, 20, or 23 and a half was, was too much to give. Um but an overall a, a, a tough pill to swallow. Seeing uh, you know Penn State cover that fifteen and a half, I was I was watching. Uh, they had covered it, or you know Ohio State had covered those points. They kind of fall asleep the last two minutes of the game. They get a touchdown. They didn't really care. Penn State didn't really even care, but they did it. it was really frustrating on that. Iowa showed up. I, I I can't bet Northwestern. Every time I bet against Northwestern, they cover. Every time I bet for Northwestern, they can't cover. So Northwestern is just straight up a nominally for me and then Illinois minus seven and a half I thought it'd be a seven point game I thought that half point was that hook for me uh, and lost a little bit there so we are two and three not terrible brought our season total up to uh, 37 and 27 so sitting uh, about 56 55 56 percent feeling good about it we, we just got to raise it to that 60 percent we're gonna get back on track a couple of down weeks but one week we were four and one so we were hopping a couple of down weeks but we'll be jumping back our goal is always to hit that 60% mark for the season uh, we're hoping we can get that and then just our outright picks we went five and0 this week brought our, our season total up to 56 and 12 so uh, I feel like we've 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 been on it on on the right side of things uh, just those numbers sometimes they can kind of uh, you know trip you up a little bit uh, but I'm glad that I've got a lot of feedback you guys are loving the betting podcast seems to be very popular so we're gonna keep on doing that but an all-time bad beat uh, on the the Penn State plus 15 and a half just just ticks me off because they got that pick six and I was like yes we've got it don't worry in the bag and what happens Penn State then marches 70 yards and gets a touchdown and I can't cover the points. It is what it is. Okay, so the last thing we wanted to touch on before we, we kind of set it to the betting preview is uh, the the incident that occurred with Michigan and Michigan State. And, it, and it's, it's truly a travesty uh, because, like I said, growing up as a Michigan fan— uh, and under the roof of a Michigan fan, right? Uh, I just found myself, you know, you find yourself rooting for the team. Uh, We never missed a game in my household uh, of Michigan, and so... When I see if I'm a Michigan fan, you see you kind of blow out Sparty 29 to seven. It was an intense game, like every rivalry. I, I don't know what Mel Tucker was doing, trying to chop something with his hand. Stop with the antics, dude, and just actually coach your team. Uh, maybe if you maybe if you you know coach them a little bit instead of trying to, to inspire them by chopping your hand, maybe you would win a game. Uh, other than uh, basically MAC opponents in Wisconsin and double overtime, but that's neither here nor there. It ticks me off uh, that, that Michigan state has played like that. I, have uh, even though I, I grew up under Michigan's, uh, Michigan household, you do want to see the big 10 grow. You want to see the health of the conference. And right now Michigan state is not a healthy part. They're, they're becoming part of the Iowa, uh, region where it, they're just not interesting. And, uh, but anyway, if you're a Michigan fan, you're feeling great. You're like, Hey, we won twenty ninety seven. We meet our in state rivals. Uh, There was a lot of talk about, you know, Harbaugh in the beginning. He's been here eight years, but that he couldn't beat Ohio State. He couldn't beat Michigan State. And, you know, for the most part, they lost to Michigan State last year. They lost to them in 2020. Uh, and they, so they hadn't won in two years. So this was a big-time win for Michigan. And to kind of sully the, you know, the celebration, you see a fight, uh, you know, an incident that occurred in the tunnels. And there's going to be a couple of my thoughts here because i feel as though if you're going to complain about something you've got to offer up a solution uh i, I tell that to my wife I, i'll tell that to my kids i tell that to my family uh, i don't like people just moaning and groaning groaning without having a solution uh you know or or there's a lot of different things that, that that i feel like that you know you can't complain about the government if you don't vote you don't get to 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 complain about something Unless you offer up a solution, you don't get a complaint about things that people do in different places when you go and visit if you don't live there because you don't know the customs, you don't know the culture, you don't understand that. Uh, I spent a couple years living in Puerto Rico and it really bothered me when people wouldn't get what was going on there. It's like that's the culture you got to understand uh, as you live there. It's completely different. And it's not going to be like uh, you know Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota when you go to places like that, or if you come uh, out west. It's going to be different. And you don't want to change it to That you got to take each uh, each experience with a grain of salt. But uh, so I always say that. So I want to offer up a solution, but I'm going to complain about this. But you see, uh, you know, a video. If you haven't seen it, look it up on on uh, online, on Twitter, on social media. It was going around. Maybe the rounds, and it was uh, a bunch of Michigan State players seemingly, you know, jumping a Michigan uh, Wolverine player, and it was an ugly sight. Very ugly. Uh, Rivalries in college football are what make college football really special. Uh, Growing up, I I grew up in the state of Utah, and we always said, you know, the team down south, that meant BYU, the team up north was the University of Utah. You know, brother against brother, hated rivalry. And we've got a lot of rivalries in the Big Ten uh, similar to that, right? The Ohio State-Michigan, Michigan-Michigan State. has Michigan, Michigan, Michigan some really hated rivalries, but that's what makes it fun is that you might hate that other team, but in the end, you've got to be able to separate art from artist and realize, hey, just because you go to Michigan State, I don't hate you. Well, we're going against each other on the field, you can hate it. You can fight, you can compete. I love it. But you've got to be able to say to then not take it so personally when you take you, you take that off. It's something that I had to learn growing up in my athletic career, you know, running uh, D2, eventually D1 in college. It was you had to be able to separate it. You, you're going to go and compete your hearts out. But at the end of the day, everyone's going to do their best. You're going to walk away. And it is just a game. It does mean something. In that moment, to win the trophy, to beat your rivalry, it feels rival. It feels good, but the sun's going to rise tomorrow, whether you win or lose. And it's just really ugly to see that these young kids result to, result to that kind of juvenile behavior when they are not only at a you know at a college level, but at a Big Ten level. I would expect that in Division Two. I saw a lot of it when going to D2 school uh, between teams. Uh, Lower class D1, I would expect it, but not at one of the highest standards. And like I said, you 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 can hate each other on the field, but you've got to be able to take that helmet off and then, you know, be able to at least talk to the other person without beating them up. Now, uh, you might ask yourself, uh, you know, well, what did the Michigan player do uh, to, to, to to deserve that kind of reaction? Most people aren't going to just react violently and start beating the crap out of you. But I don't think that's the point here. The point is being able to win gracefully, being able to lose gracefully is is, is something that you have to learn in life. Be able to accept defeat and not living in a world where you're never wrong and admitting where you're wrong. And that's what I just think it was. It, it, it was in the moment these kids made a dumb error, and I, it's it's sad. It, it really is. Now, with all that being said, Michigan State did come out. Mel Tucker has suspended four of the kids uh, from the program. They said that they are working with the Big Ten and local law enforcement on the matter. Uh, truly, truly a... A sad scene uh, when it comes to that, uh, you know, a moment of weakness could mess up your your academic and athletic goals. But I I, I I'll, I'll I'll adhere to what the Big Ten finds out about it. I think there's going to be a lot more coming out. I just find it sad uh, that that it resorted to this. A lot of people were were you know on Twitter they they absolutely flipped their lid and you know. You've got to have a little bit of understanding. your competitive juices are flowing. I'm not condoning the actions, but I think that you're not you, you shouldn't ever be held to your weakest point. That was a moment of weakness for those Michigan State players. They need to be they need to be punished. They need to understand what they did was wrong. Uh, but I, I hope, and and I have, like I said, I trust the, 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 higher powers here, the big 10, uh, the university of Michigan police, as, as they do the investigation to find out what really happened and we'll probably touch on it in the future. Not something that I want to talk about a, a ton. I want to talk about more about football. Uh, but a lot of people asked, it was like flooding my DMS. Hey, you know, what did you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think? And, and so I thought I'd address it, uh, obviously, inappropriate actions but uh again uh you know you, you you gotta adhere to the higher authorities on this but that's that was my takeaway uh on that and uh I find it really interesting that, that that we we see these things where they're you know sports they're played out on live TV everything is raw everything right now that we consume in our lives is streaming so there's going to see you're, it 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 really stands out it's almost like a sore thumb because you're not used to seeing these things live anymore um, most people don't even watch the news live anymore they're watching it through uh, social media or, or clips on TikTok and getting their their information in 60 seconds uh, versus you know watching an entire thing. People People are going to make mistakes and, and slip up uh, but that's that's why we're human to to live and learn and hopefully these players never do that again and, and learn from their mistake but uh, we'll see what happens now the final thing i'm going to i'm going to just just say uh, because you have to come with a solution This tends to be an issue at the University of Michigan. You saw them kind of John with Ohio State last year. You know, people flipping each other off, yelling, I'm sure, you know, seeing some pretty uh, crude things going back and forth. Uh, They did it with Penn State again, uh, yelling back and forth at each other this year. And then you see an ugly uh, scene take place. So I would just offer up, uh, you know, Really, if if you're the University of Michigan, you win letting those, I mean, you you would hope that these kids are mature enough to not react how Michigan State did. Uh, Obviously, a level of immaturity there, but not, uh, maybe not have everybody, maybe not just crossing paths. Uh, I don't know if you need a second tunnel system. I don't know how it works. I've, I've uh, never been to Ann Arbor, and so I don't know how it works, but there's got to be a different way, uh, Wait, like I said, waiting for that, uh, that opposing team to get through. Uh, I don't know why the Michigan players weren't all on the field celebrating get the Paul Bunyan trophy maybe you make a point of, of waiting uh if you win if you lose hey we'll take the field we'll, we'll go in we'll go in the tunnel first or, or something like that but there's got to be maybe a little bit better protocol on that part and that's that's the only solution I can offer up uh to that and then just hope that these players will act appropriately and that we don't see an ugly scene like that because it really slowly is the image of of uh, the University you know, Michigan State University and uh the Big Ten you don't want that uh that that kind of behavior this is a great product and and it deserves to be you know live it needs to be be covered but you don't want something ugly like that happening so uh, sorry to kind of end on a somber note but again i had a lot of people asking about that so uh that is my takeaway on it uh congratulations to the michigan wolverines they're playing great football right now uh michigan state right now n- next week we'll we'll get into it into our betting preview but uh kind of like i said uh against them when they play wisconsin this is the, this is their this is the game that they need to play this is this is it this is what they need to do uh Really, it's 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 at that point again, and they're taking on the hottest team in the Big Ten West uh, at Illinois on the road as well. So, not going to be a very very easy task because uh Michigan State to get to a bowl game, they had to win three of the next four. Uh, they have Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana, and Penn State. Illinois playing phenomenal. Penn State obviously looking a lot better than them, and uh, pesky Rutgers and Indiana team. So, uh, Sparty, you might be going through it a little bit. Uh, you know it. It's going to be tough. I, I don't know if I see a bowl game in the future. I think, uh, well, at least you know this year. But we'll see. We'll get into the betting preview. A lot of tasty, tasty lines. I know I say that all the time, but when these lines come out, I'm like, ooh, I get. It's almost like a a a, a reaction that I get, a, a physical reaction where I'm like, ooh, I like that line. i I want to go bet that line. And so, uh, you know, looking at the opening lines should be a great uh, a great. Uh, time to be talking about it be sure to subscribe on thursday so we can go over all of the lines and uh, all of the big 10 action that will be taking place next saturday i hope you guys enjoyed this be- again be sure to uh you know follow us on twitter at big 10 pod uh like comment rate review whatever you got to do tell your family tell your friends about us be sure to follow all of the other podcasts from the Wooz media family of network uh podcasting network and until thursday have a wonderful week